Hey everyone, welcome to Refinery Life Church and welcome to another Thursday evening teaching. I'm excited that you're here. I've got a great message for you this evening. One you've probably never heard preached anywhere else before. But why don't you join us on a Sunday? If you're not part of Refinery Life Church and you're looking for a new church home, or you've got friends on the Gold Coast that are looking for a new church home, why don't you send them our way? We meet at 930 at 23, T.E. Peters Drive at Broadbeach. We'd love to see them there. We'd love to see you there. We're a friendly church. We preach the word of God. And that's about the only things you need to be searching for when you're looking for a new church home. And join me now in the Lord's Prayer. We pray the Lord's Prayer every time we meet because this was Jesus' model prayer. He said to the disciples, Say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Every believer needs to know what the Bible says about spiritual things. For the last couple of months and for the rest of this month, what the Bible says will be the theme of our messages on Thursdays. And today's message is titled, What the Bible Says About the Devil. And next week, we'll look at what the Bible says about demons. Because we need to know these things. You need to understand what the Bible actually says. So the text we're concentrating on today is 1 Peter 5.8. I'm reading from the New King James Version. You can read from whichever version you like, but it's important that when we meet together, you have your Bible and you open it up and we share the scriptures together. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And the scriptures we're going to work through are Matthew 4, 1 through to 11 when Satan tempts Jesus. We've, we've all read these verses before, I'm sure, but let's read them again together now. Verse 1 says, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit to the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry, as we all would be, right? But let's just note there in verse 1 it says, Jesus was led into the wilderness to be tempted by the Spirit. Verse 3, And when the tempter came to him, when the devil came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered, and he said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him up on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him again, It is written again, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Verse 8, again the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. 
And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. And how many people have fallen for that one before that believe that they're Christians? But all these things will be given to them if they just fall down and worship the devil. Verse 10, Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels come and ministered to him. What a powerful piece of scripture when we actually read it slowly to pull it apart and understand it. Let's pray for our offering before we go any further. We pray for our offering every week. If you've got your seed and you're ready to sow, the details are on the bottom of the screen. Praise the Lord for the joy of giving. As the Lord Jesus Christ gave himself for us, we also give ourselves to you. We bring to your altar our hearts, Lord, and our possessions. Use them for your sake and for the salvation of souls. And it's in Jesus' mighty name that we pray. Amen. Amen. You know that Satan doesn't want us to study his characteristics and learn about his tactics? He would much rather work behind the scenes and keep alive the fallacy that he's a red-skinned creature with horns a forked tail and a pitchfork with smoke perpetually coming out of his nostrils. That is the picture that he wants us to believe. This character, character of Satan gives rise to the sinister persuasion that he is not a real person at all, but a mythological or fictional character whom only represents an evil influence in the world. However, the Bible clearly describes the devil and carefully outlines his strategy. Let's go through some of it this evening. Firstly, let's look at the origin of the devil. Satan is a created being. The fact that all things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, were created by Christ and for Christ is stated very clearly in Colossians 1.16. We don't know when the angelic hosts was created. We don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us exactly when God created the angels, but it does imply that their creation preceded all material things as we know them and were themselves preceded by the eternal existence of God. So God come first, then the angels, and then everything else. Among all the angelic hosts, Satan's creation alone was mentioned in particular in Ezekiel 28.15. This fact suggests the supreme place that Satan held in relation to all the invisible creatures of God, that he was actually mentioned by name. If you would like a symbolic portrayal of Satan, go and have a read when we finish this evening of Ezekiel 28.11 through to 19 and you'll see it. Our second thing this evening is the personality of the devil. Satan exercises all the functions of a person. Isaiah described him as having completed his course and having been judged at the end of time, addressing him with the title Lucifer, son of the morning, and seeing him as fallen from his primal state of glory in Isaiah 14, 12 through to 17. 
Verses 13 and 14 list five ways in which he set his will, his own will, against God's will. Now, some of us have done this in the past, haven't we? We want our will to prevail, not God's. Because of his sinister and deceitful nature, Satan does, uh, gained the, the, the title and deserved the title of serpent in the Garden of Eden. Every word spoken there and the design of Satan's strategy that was revealed are evidence of his personality. Further indication of Satan's personality is the fact that he apparently has access to God. He also has access to men. Therefore, he exhibits every feature of true personality. He's charismatic. He's he's likable. He's deceptive. Further insight into his personality is shown as he's trying to tempt Jesus. He twists things around, makes them sound good when they're not. The third thing this evening is the power of the devil. I want you to really listen carefully as we go through this part. Though morally fallen and now judged on the cross or in the cross, Satan has lost his position and he has lost his title of power. It's gone. His personal strength cannot be underestimated though. The writer of Hebrews said that Satan had the power of death in Hebrews 2.14. But that power had been surrendered to Christ in Revelation 1.18. Christ overcame death and the grave. He won the battle. He had the power, Satan here, had the power of sickness in the case of Job and was unable to sift Peter as wheat in a a sieve in Luke 22.31. So he had power and he lost it. He had power and he lost it. He is said to have weakened the nations, shaken kingdoms, made the earth tremble and made the earth a wilderness, destroying the cities thereof in Isaiah 14, 12 to 17. But Christians can have victory over Satan through the power of the Spirit of God and the blood of Jesus Christ. Satan's power and authority are exercised always and only within the permissive will of God just as they were with Job. Let me test this man of yours. Fourth thing is the work of the devil. Isaiah 14, 12 to 17 is one of many passages bearing the work of Satan. It talks about the fall of Lucifer. Let me read it for you. Verse 12. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground. You who weaken the nations. He's been cut down. Verse 13. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides to the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Notice that? Like the most high. It's an imitation. Verse 15. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol to the lowest depths of the pit. Those who see you will gaze at, gaze at you, excuse me, and consider you, saying, Is this the man who made the earth tremble, who shook kingdoms, who made the world as a wilderness, 
and destroyed its cities, who did not open the house of his prisoners? This passage reveals Satan's original and supreme purpose, that he would ascend into heaven, exalt his throne above the stars of God, and be like the Most High. The supreme motive of Satan was to be like the Most High, and it guided all of his activities. Do we see people in the world like that today? that put themselves above God? Some of them may even be in our churches. Perhaps you, as a believer, have put your pastor above God, especially if you're part of one of the mega churches. That may have happened. Let me ask you to repent if that's the case. Turn back to the Lord. This motive to be like the Most High guided all of Satan's activities. It was behind his approach to Adam and Eve and they adopted Satan's ideal, becoming self-centered, self-efficient, self-sufficient and independent of God, didn't they? This attitude has been transmitted to all people to the extent that they are called children of wrath and must be born again. The world is full of sinners. They must, they must be born again. Satan does all in his power to keep the unsaved from being delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of God, into the light of the kingdom of God. He's doing all he can to stop it. To this end, Satan will even promote extensive religious systems. Look at 2 Corinthians 11, 13 to 15. It says, for such false apostles, let me tell you, church, we're seeing this right now. Have a look around the world. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. If you're hearing prophecies, if you're hearing the word preached and it doesn't line up with what your Bible says, they're false prophets. They're false teachers. The challenge for you, though, is you need to read your Bible to know what it says. Otherwise, you will be fooled. 1 Timothy 4, 1-3 speaks of the great apostasy. If you're not reading your Bible and don't know what it says, you're part of this. It says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times... Some will depart from the faith. Have a read when you get a chance. 1 Timothy 4, 1-3 In latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. Let me tell you, if you're part of a church that says you can't eat certain things when God has said all things are good, that's part of the apostasy. If you're part of a church where you can't say the name of Jesus, you have to use another name for him, or you're forbidden to speak that name at all, you're part of the apostasy. We're just going to call it out this year. People need to understand what the word says. Such satanic delusions are now in the world. And millions 
who call themselves believers are deceived by them, let alone millions in the world that don't even know the Lord. These false systems are always to be tested by the attitude they take towards the saving grace of God through the blood of Jesus Christ. Revelation 12.11 says, And they overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to death. If you've been part of our church for a while, you've heard me say it before. The day is coming where we'll be given an option to take the mark of the beast or lose our head, to renounce our faith or to lose our life. Which one will you choose? As for me and my family. Our fifth thing this evening is the destiny of the devil. We must understand this point. As the word of God is explicit in regard to the origin and the personality and the power and the work of Satan, it's equally clear regarding his eternity, regarding his destiny. A perfect judgment of Satan has been secured through the cross, but the execution of that sentence is still in the future. It was predicted in the Garden of Eden way back in Genesis 3.15. Satan will be cast out of heaven and confined to the abyss, making it impossible for him to be active and to continue to deceive the nations. And finally, Satan will be cast into the lake of fire to be tormented day and night forever. As we finish up this evening, many believe that Satan does not really exist and that the supposed person of Satan is no more than an evil influence that is in people and in the world. This idea has proved to be wrong because there is the same abundant evidence that Satan is a person as there is that Christ is a person. So if we believe that Christ is the Saviour and he walked on the earth and he died and he was resurrected again and he's coming again, we have to believe that Satan is real. Scripture, which alone is authoritative on these matters, treats Satan as a person just as much as Christ is a person. If the personality of Christ is to be accepted on the testimony of the Bible, then the personality of Satan must also be accepted on the same testimony. Let me leave that with you this evening, just to dwell on that, to meditate on it, and start reading your Bible. Let me encourage you that you need to start being diligent with your Bible study because God has so much more for us than we can get from just going to church once or twice a week and hearing someone else talk about the Word. When you spend time with God, your life will change in amazing ways because God is a Redeemer. There's nothing that's too hard for Him. and He can make you whole, spirit, soul and body. And you're important to God, but you're also important to us at the refinery. When it comes to prayer, we believe that God wants to meet your needs and reveal His promises directly to you. So whatever you're concerned about and need prayer for, we want to be here for you. Even if you just want to say hi, you can contact us on www.refinerylife.org or via any of our social media channels. This year, we absolutely believe, is a year of divine restoration and divine recovery. But it means we need to be getting closer to the Lord and listening for His voice and being obedient to what He says. Until next time, stay in the blessings.